Welcome to the Frontline Industry Podcast. Every week, we talk with top senior executives to get their advice on positively impacting frontline employees, companies, and customers. On today's episode, The Point of Purpose Part 1, I talked to Davin Salvanio, the globally recognized inspirational speaker and author known for connecting purpose, people, and performance. We hear a lot about purpose, but what does purpose really mean? Davin reveals the answer and the businesses and leaders who are living out purpose well, like WD-40 and Costco. How to self-diagnose if you aren't leading well or living out purpose the right way. How much pay actually matters to employees and much more. Don't go anywhere. The Frontline Industry Podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Frontline Industry Podcast. My name is Joel, and I'm joined today by a great guy. Just had a pleasure of meeting him recently at a, a conference in Denver. His name is Davin Salvanio. He's an inspirational speaker and author known for connecting purpose, people, and performance. I'm thrilled to talk more about that. He's founder and CEO of Purpose Points, the co-founder of the Purpose Summit, and the author of Finding Purpose at Work. He's also the executive producer of the Purpose Summit Experience, a feature film based on the Purpose Summit from last year, and he also has an upcoming book as well, coming in late 2023, called The Thief of Purpose. Davin, that's a huge intro, um, but welcome to the Frontline Industry Podcast. That was a very generous intro, Joel. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to our conversation today. Likewise. Well, no one picked it up yet. You are all about purpose. and yeah, uh, A little think, bit. Just a little, little bit. So Just a little and I would love for you just to qualify, what does purpose mean to you? And, and I think it's a word that people hear perhaps more and more now, which is wonderful. I think we, we both agree with that. But what does it mean when you say purpose? That's a great question. I appreciate you asking it. And purpose has become a very trendy word. It's uh, it's almost overutilized today. Something that people rarely talked about in, in decades past, but it's not something new. It's been around for centuries, that thousands of years, really. Uh, but, you know, when I talk about purpose, I'm talking specifically about your reason for being, the gifts, talents, abilities, insights, experiences, all the things that you have in your mind and your heart that you can bring to every single day to make a difference in the work that you do or the lives of those that you get to interact with on a daily basis. Hmm. What do you think the biggest miss when people talk about purpose now maybe not using your definition tends to be? What do people tend to misalign themselves around when they talk about purpose? Yeah, you know, I think part of it is they tend to confuse it with the word why. Uh, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of people use purpose and why interchangeably. Um, I, 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 the whole why concept has been around for thousands of years. The Greeks were the first to ask why thousands of right. years ago. I love Simon Sinek's work around start with why. But I think a lot of times people think of purpose and why as the same thing. And I would offer that they're two different things. I would offer that. Purpose is your reason for being, as I mentioned before. So it's it's what you have inside you. It's the gift that you have to offer to the world and to, to those around you. It, it, different gifts that we've been given. Some of it, it could be encouragement. You might be gifted as a musician. You might be gifted uh, as a leader. You might be gifted as a writer. You might be gifted as an, uh, a technician, an engineer. Math might be your strong suit. We each have different gifts that we can use uh, every single day in different capacities. Uh, we also have different roles that we play. You know, you might be a spouse. You might be a parent. You might be a, I, I have a purpose as a husband. I have a purpose as a father. I have a purpose as the leader of an organization of, of Purpose Point. I have a purpose as an inspirational speaker, as an author, as a musician. 
We have different purposes that we can use on on a daily basis, moment by moment. Uh, why is your reason for activating your purpose? It's your reason for doing. It's your motivation behind actually wanting to get up out of bed every day and actually fulfill your purpose. And you might have different motivating factors, different whys. Some of it could be self-driven. You you could be wanting to make a name for yourself. It could be about money, uh, or it could be you know more altruistic than that. It really could be about making a difference in the world. It really could be about making an impact and improving the lives of others. So purpose is your reason for being. It, it defines what it is that is inside you, what's unique to you, why is your reason for doing? It's the motivation for actually executing your purpose. Would you say that purpose with your definition then is is innate, whereas why can be transitional or change depending on your, your time of life? Well, I think they both can change. Like I just mentioned, you know, okay. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't have a purpose as a father 13 years ago. Our Perfect. oldest is 12. We have two kids. We have a 12-year-old daughter, eight-year-old son. Well, 13 years ago, being a father wasn't part of my purpose. It is now. Uh, But again, you know, my why for doing that, and here's the other thing too. You could equate these, these words to two other W words, if you will. Purpose relates to what? Again, what it is that you have inside you to give to others, uh, what your role is, why relates to who. And when I say why relates to who, each of us, if I were to ask you, Joel, you know, why you do what you do, you you would tell me, and then I would probably ask you a series of more whys. Well, why is that important? Why is that important? Well, why is that important? Something called root cause analysis that uh, we're familiar with. At some point in time, you would tell me a story about a who. There would be someone in your life that has left an indelible mark that is really your true motivating factor. It might be a parent, it might be someone, it might be a relative, it might be a friend. There might be something that happened early on that your reason for doing what you do is tied back to that who. And so you look at purpose and you could say, okay, well, purpose changes kind of on a day-to-day basis based off of how you're using your gifts. But your why, I would argue, doesn't change as often because your why often goes back to someone who inspired you, something, someone who shaped you, some something that happened that when you go back to that moment, you see a person's face or you hear a person's voice, and that becomes your motivation each day to continue to do whatever it is that you're doing. Well, keeping with that context, then, I guess, Devin, for you, what was the why moment that led you to realize the importance of purpose and kind of go this new direction, this direction you've been going for years now of helping others understand purpose and highlight purpose and make your life all about purpose. You know, it's funny that you should say that because I I thought that I knew what that was. And and I've been speaking about this for over 10 years. And I was on a call just this week, Joel, and we were having this very conversation and I was talking about the who behind the why. Mm-hmm. And someone said, okay, well, well, why is this so important for you? You know, you're you're constantly talking about purpose. You're specifically talking about how organizations can foster cultures where people can show up and bring all of themselves to work every day and fulfill their purpose at work. That's the title of your book, right? Finding purpose at work. But 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 why specifically at work? What's the why behind that? Because when I when I talk about purpose, I don't talk about it from a fluffy pie in the sky standpoint. I literally I talk about it from an actionable standpoint in terms of what you do every day. 
day. And that could be at work or at home. But the reality is, is we all spend more hours at waking hours at work than we do at home. So the, the, the biggest opportunity for us to execute our purpose is typically in the work that we get to do. Um, and then secondarily at home, although at home is probably more important, just quantifiably, we spend more time at work than at home. And so someone asked why, and I said, you know, if I were to really go back, I I would tell you about my childhood, and I would tell you about how my parents got divorced when I was five, and my sister was one, and we went to go live with my grandparents. And my grandparents were some of the most amazing people that I had ever met. They were some of the most others-focused, selfless, giving, approachable people that I had ever met. And that shaped who I am. So when I when I approach others and, and I want to give and I want to make a difference, you could say that my who was my grandparents because they shaped me. But then I can go even further that and say, okay, well, there was there was a, a lot of pain that happened during that divorce. There was a lot that me and my sister went through through that entire process. Um, there was there was things that I didn't want anyone to ever have to experience or go through in their life, and so a big piece of that was some things that happened and, and and not to my parents' fault. They're both great people. Um, but my dad was a police officer, a very, very stressful job. My mom worked in a factory, very, very stressful job. And I would say that the stress of their jobs probably paid a, played a part in, in why it didn't work and how that directly impacted us. And so, you know, two things happened, Joel. One, when I got married, I said I would never get divorced because I would never want my kids to go through what me and my sister went through. So when I got married, it was going to be forever. It was going to be for that one time. Mm -hmm. The second is that when I found work that I was going to do, I wanted to make sure that I did something that wasn't stressful, that didn't, that I didn't bring things home that would hinder on my marriage and have an impact on my kids. And so you could say that my who was also my parents from a perspective of as I didn't want what happened to them and how that impacted me and my sister and how that all played out. I didn't want that to happen to my kids. And then I certainly didn't want it to happen to anyone else. So when I stepped into the workspace, it really, really was about making sure that I was able to come home and give my best, give my best to my family, not my leftovers, as so many of us do. Do whatever I possibly could to make sure that I made it work because my parents were unable to. And so, you know, again, we can go back. I could say my grandparents are who. I could say my parents are who. I could even say at some level that that younger version of myself was my who. Sounds like you've done a lot of introspection, perhaps uh, therapy or counseling in your life, or maybe you're just really good at introspection because a lot of people haven't traced these things back that far. You know, they haven't even thought about it at all. And uh, I, I wonder when you think about raising your own children now, what sort of intentional questions or conversations or activities do you have with them or are you planning on having with them that facilitate that sort of introspection as well. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I will, I will share, I've not actually been through a lot of counseling and not that it's a bad thing. Counseling can be a good thing. Uh, I'm actually over introspective to a fault. Sometimes I mm -hmm. tend to think very, very deeply into things. Uh, and root cause analysis is something that I learned about 15 years ago and, and probably apply almost 
too much uh, to understand the depth behind the purpose of why is this happening or why is that happening. Um, But the other thing I want to say is I don't get it right all the time. So I don't want to make it sound like I have it all figured out and that I go home and I'm the perfect dad or the perfect husband every day. I'm not. Like everybody else, I'm flawed. Um, There are nights that I do go home and I am exhausting. Even though I get to, to do, I get to serve in an amazing role at our organization, as a speaker, as an author, we still have days that are challenging. We still have moments that are stressful. Most days I go home fulfilled and I'm able to give my best. There are external factors that are beyond our control that some days I go home and I'm tired. I'm empty. I've given all of myself to everyone else and I am searching for what is left for me to give and and not because of anything internal that happened, but because of external factors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so one of the things that I try to do first and foremost is in the short ride that I have home between the office and uh, my house is about 25 minutes. I know some people are working remote and from home, and this is a harder challenge. It certainly was for us during COVID when we were home for 18 straight months. But today I've got about 20, 25, 30 minute drive. And what I try to do is I try to think back over the day and look at where I made a difference. Because one of the things that fulfills us, you could be, you could literally be running on fumes, but the second that someone tells you that you made a difference in their life, there is an energy boost that happens. There's a dopamine hit. There's there's something that happens that fills your tank again when you realize that you've made an impact. So I try to go through a process on my way home and saying, okay, how did today matter? What is it that we did that made a difference? Despite how challenging of a day it might have been, I look for, you could call it the silver lining. We call them purpose points, not to put a selfish plug out there, but but that's what we call them. I look for the purpose points in my day. Where did I show up and make a difference? Where did we show up and make a difference? And something happens. Regardless of how challenging of a day it was, when I go home, by the time I hit my door, my perspective has changed. My attitude has changed. My energy is renewed. Maybe not to the fullest of extents, but it's back. And I'm able to go in and I'm able to look at my kids. I'm able to look at my wife. I'm able to focus on them and leave whatever it is that I may have been dealing with outside of that environment and just be the fullness of who I am, where I am. That's a great example of how to live it out. And I'm curious then, when you reflect on the, the companies you've worked with, the individuals you've spoken at length with, you've got, you have a wonderful podcast as well. Um, I've listened to several episodes. Who is doing, if we can put that in quotations, purpose well? Who are the models that you look at and go, if I was going to point to these people, these companies, these are the folks that you should model yourself after? That's a great question. There, there are so many, and and I appreciate you calling out the "What Good Looks Like" podcast, where we there's episodes where we obviously shine the spotlight on great examples of who who are doing it well. I would say there, there's an individual level, and there's an organizational level. You have people that are uh, individual contributors, uh, or authors, or thought leaders, or coaches, consultants. Um, that are not only modeling this well, but that are speaking about it really, really well and are incredibly insightful that can help you uh, in this space. Uh, some people that come to mind are uh, Richard Sheraton. He wrote a, a book called Joy Inc., wrote another one called uh, Chief Joy Officer. Uh, Ken Blanchard, one of my favorite authors of, of all time and, and one of the biggest influences in, in my life. I have an entire shelf with just his books on it and uh, was honored to have him write the forward to find finding purpose at work. He, he has modeled an entire life 
uh, of purpose really, really well. Um, you know, people uh, such as uh, Gary Ridge. Gary Ridge, former CEO of uh, WD40, uh, wrote a book called Helping People Win at Work. Uh, in addition to individually living out purpose well, he organizationally lived it out well. I mean, they, WD40 is in the home of, of almost every person on the planet, and, and it's oil in a can. But if you were to ask him what businesses he is in, he would say he's in the memories business. He would say that his sole job was to create environments that created positive, lasting memories in their offices and factories, in the homes of the people that work for them, and the homes of the people that buy their product around the entire world. His entire thing was about fostering purpose through the lens of making memories. And and they did that uh, through oil in a can. And it wasn't some cheap marketing plug. It was, okay, we've got this amazing product. It drives revenue. That revenue sustains the business. But what's the purpose of the business? Is it to sell more oil so we make more money? No. The purpose of the business is to genuinely care for the people that touch that business, those that work in it, those that buy our products, those that make our products. And so he's done that really, really well. Uh, another company, and, I, and again, the list can go on and on and on, mm-hmm. uh, Lippert. Lipper is a $7 billion RV manufacturing company that uh, they're global. They're publicly traded. They've got 17,000 employees, and uh, they they came to the Purpose Summit last year. They actually partnered with us and, and brought an entire team. They brought like 50 people to the summit last year wow. um, amongst the hundreds of leaders that were there from around the world. And you know their thing used to be to build great products. Well, now their thing is to build great people who build great products. The focus is on building great people. The products just enable us to do that. And so there's a lot of organizations out there and a lot of leaders that tout purpose because it's a buzzword uh, and, and it's gotten really tied up in the in the ESG and CSR and conscious mm-hmm. capitalism corporate social responsibility space all of those things and and not that you know I, I, nothing against all of those movements and making the world and the planet a better place but let me ask this Joel what good is it if we make the planet a better place if 87% of the people who live on it are miserable every day mm. what good is it Preach. and so when we talk about purpose we're talking about first impacting the people that we are come closest to every single day at work and at home. And then the extension of that, the people in our community, and then the extension of that, the people in our world. So we have to start small with purpose, start granular. Who are we helping others become in our work and at home? Who are we helping others become in our community? And then we can talk about saving the planet. Then we can talk about saving the world. Yeah. Well, I think one of the reasons why we uh, have yearly annual checkups for our health is that a lot of times we can't diagnose ourselves, that we don't realize that the pain we have or the ailments that we're experiencing aren't normal. We, we, we accept them as part of who we are or part of the world around us, but they don't have to be, and there's treatments for it. If you were going to diagnose someone listening on this phone call right now, or this podcast right now, rather, and um, they're listening and they're thinking, well, I'm... I'm fine. I, I feel purposeful. I feel like we talk about purpose a little bit and and our company cares about our people. Of course, we care about our people. How do you diagnose a company or an organization uh, who actually isn't living purpose out in the right way? Well, I mean, there's a variety of assessments and ways to do that. Companies have been doing engagement surveys for decades. Uh, and again, nothing against engagement surveys, but but I will share. I mean, I've worked for Fortune companies, Fortune 10 companies, Fortune 25 companies, 
for the last 15 years prior to starting Purpose Point. And, you know, engagement surveys that that we typically use to measure employee engagement, um, they, they typically don't measure purpose. And there's a lot of that engagement surveys that now are trying to measure mattering and purpose in the workplace. But the reality is, is there's something fundamentally flawed with that approach. And, and one is this, is that, you know, we talk about something called to, for, with all the time. There are things that you can do to people. There are things that you could do for people. And there are things that you could do with people. And a lot of times engagement surveys, while they may be seen as something that's being done for people, hey, we're asking you this because we want to increase the wellness of our culture. We want to increase your experience the quality of your experience at work, a lot of times people see that as something being done to them. They don't want to take them. They take them because they have to, and often they're not honest about it. Now, if you have a really, really great work culture, WD-40 does. WD-40 does engagement surveys, so this isn't bashing engagement surveys because they do them well, and they get a great rating. You would, If you look at them, actually, prior to COVID, their employee engagement uh, percentage was 95%. 95%. And guess what? During COVID, it went up to 98%. That is unheard of. But the reason why is not because of the survey. It is because of the leadership and the culture of the leadership. One of the greatest engagement surveys that I have ever seen is, was working at Costco. So Jim Senegal was the founder and CEO of Costco. And Jim, his desk used to be a lifetime pop-up table above one of their stores in Issaquah, Washington. And the reason it was a lifetime pop-up table is because he was never in that office. It literally was just something for him to put his laptop on if he needed a, a surface. Mm-hmm. He would spend 288 days out of the store traveling to other locations, walking in, shaking the hands of employees and asking them and saying, hi, my name's Jim. What's your name? Why do you work at Costco? What is it that you love about what you get to do every single day? What is it that we could be doing different to make this a better experience for you every single day? He literally was a walking, talking engagement survey. In many ways, Gary Ridge at WD-40 has done the same exact thing. And so here's the thing. Surveys are fantastic. But if the leadership is on the floor actually living that out and modeling it, the surveys don't matter. And so the way that you need to measure purpose in the workplace and to measure organizations is physically to go in and do what uh, Jason Lipper calls them uh, listening sessions, actually taking the time to sit, ask questions of your employees and listen to them. And here's one question that we often ask, Joel, if I were talking to you about your day at work, I would say, Joel, tell me about the very best day you've ever had at work. What, what day when you go back and you think about the best day you ever had, and when I say best day, meaning you went home, your energy was at all-time high, you were fully engaged, you went home overflowing, ready to give your best to your families and not your, not your, not your leftovers. You would tell me, and then I would say, okay, tell me what happened during that day. And I'm not talking about, hey, it was free pizza day at work. I'm talking about what is it that you either got to do or got to experience that day. And almost every single time, almost every single time, someone will tell me about a specific skill set, gift, or passion of theirs that they got to use that they previously had not been able to. And so then the question becomes, how do you do that more? Why aren't you doing that more? How could you do that more? And so what we try to find out are those things. What are the things that people are doing every single day 
that bring them joy and fulfillment and energy, that they recognize is something that they would like to do more of, that makes a contribution to their job, to their work, and to the company, and how can they do more of it? And why are they not doing more of it? Hmm. Hmm. It takes a lot of <laughs> it takes a lot of five why analysis, I think, probably in those conversations, right? To to actually get to the root to the root of those answers. I bet you can't just ask that question and people have naturally come up with that answer very quickly. You probably have to think about it a bit and actually ask a few whys. Why was that important? Why was that exciting? Why was that this or that? To actually get to the answer, because no one asks that question. No one asks. And, and it and, takes and, time. And we're not used to answering that question. As a result, we haven't even thought about it. And I would bet, especially because the world I'm in is a lot of frontline associates, frontline workers, uh, highly distributed teams in the service industry, I would bet that not only has no one asked, um, but it's created the environment where that's not even on the table. Like purpose isn't even on the table. Purpose was purpose. I come to work to get my paycheck and, and, and go home because I haven't even heard of a place that purpose can be realized and I can actually feel fulfilled. So why would I give more of myself? Yeah. Ah, that yeah. Is pain. I mean, that, that, that hurts so much even to think about that. And I know that for myself, I've been definitely part of purposeless jobs, right? Where I've, I felt meanless. I felt um, ignored or, or small or unimportant. But I can tell you, you don't have to be highly paid to feel purpose and want to be somewhere. And there's a reason why the Gallup Q12, for example, I'm not sure how much stock you put in that um, or do or, or, or don't put in that, but pay isn't even on the Q12. How much I get paid isn't even there. I don't care how much I get paid. Do I have a best friend at work? Do I feel valued? Are people asking my opinion and actually doing anything about it? Do I have a great relationship with my manager? These, those are deeply relational things. I love that you said that because people who are, who are listening to this right now are going to hear what you just said and said, what do you mean pay doesn't matter? And, and so here's the thing. Pay does matter, but it's not, it's not at the top of what matters, as you just said. In no. fact, if you were to go back and you talked about Gallup, we could go look at Harvard Business Review studies. We can look at Gallup polls. We can look at um, research done by McKinsey, Deloitte. I mean, I could pull out all sorts of white papers for you. And here's the reality. 75% of the people, 75% of the people that left their jobs prior to COVID left a job for less pay and more meaning, more purpose. 75% of the people that changed jobs before COVID. This was, this was before we all had a face-to-face -face reality with our mortality, asking what it is that I'm doing with our lives. This was pre-COVID. 75% of people left for less money, more meaning. What do you think that percentage is now, post-COVID, when the entire planet just went through 18 months of taking stock of how much time they have left and what they're doing with it? Hey, don't worry, there's more. This is just part one of a two-part podcast, and the second episode comes out next week. So be sure to subscribe, because that powerful conclusion is something you're not going to want to miss. What's your purpose? What a great thing to journal about and think about during this holiday season on your drives and your plane rides. During the quiet moments, take time to reflect. And by the way, this podcast is proudly sponsored by Unison. Put your best team everywhere by empowering your frontline managers to become frontline leaders.